And in terms of going back to the safety, I actually ended up drinking the products before we ended up selling our first product to a consumer. So that was a hand soap, dish soap, laundry detergent, and surface cleaner. Um, you know, they don't taste good, but aside from that, that's about it, right? You might have a little upset stomach, but it was one of those things where we knew that if you know, kids get hold of all sorts of chemicals all the time, right? And, and usually it's not out of, um, you know, kind of carelessness. It's just, you turn your back for a second, your toddler's, you know, in the cabinet that you just opened. So for us, we wanted to sort of give that peace of mind. Have you ever wondered, how do you grow a socially conscious and environmentally friendly e-commerce brand online while also making a profit? Yeah, me too. After watching my family members suffer through cancer and heart disease using products by companies that care more about profits than their customers, there must be a better way, right? That's when I discovered an emerging wave of successful, purpose-driven businesses, and I knew I needed to be a part of it. So join me as we dive into the stories behind the most inspiring brands in the world and discover the secrets on how they successfully win over the vote of their customers' wallets and grow their business online. My name is Vincent Tanyono, and welcome to the e-commerce speak podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the e-commerce speak podcast. I'm so glad to be joined here today with Sean Bush. Uh, this took a while to schedule, so I'm super happy that we finally get to do this. Now, Sean is the co-founder and CEO of Puracy. Puracy has won many awards and have been featured in the press numerous times. Uh, what they do is they provide cleaning and personal care products that are both effective and also without any of the bad stuff, without any of the bad ingredients. So what that means is that they're good for you and they're also safe to use around children and pets. And uh, they're also good for the environment too. So Puracy is um, making strides in reducing their impact on the environment. For example, they use uh, biodegradable formulas, refill pouches, reusable glass bottles, and many others. So I can't wait to hear more from you, Sean. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Vincent. It's great to be here. Can you take me back to your to the beginning? Like, how did um, you come up with the, the idea to start Puracy? And you, you started this with uh, your business partner, Paul, right? That's right. Yeah. Paul and I started the company about eight years ago. Uh, Paul and I had met each other because we were actually neighbors in South Austin. And we became friendly. Our wives became friendly. We would play ping pong late at night in his garage and talk about business and the Green Bay Packers and uh, all sorts of other things. And we uh, had very similar business minds. We were both involved in e-commerce companies. He had started one and was, was running it himself. I was a, a head of business development for another in Austin. And, you know, when we had met, it was interesting. We were both sort of in the time of life where we were talking about starting families and they actually, him and his wife had found out they were pregnant uh, earlier that day, the day we met them. And, you know, I had been uh, working in before e-commerce, I had worked in healthcare. So I learned a lot about you know, evidence-based medicine and how to use scientific analysis to kind of look at uh, whether it was a medical device or pharmaceutical product. And then way back when I actually started a mobile auto detailing company uh, when I was in high school, and I actually ran that all the way through uh, into my professional career. 
And I actually just really enjoyed it. I was one of those people who just actually enjoys cleaning, which is, uh, which is kind of rare, I've learned. But I also did a lot of R&D for uh, chemical manufacturers in the automotive cleaning space. And, you know, really what happened was it was kind of the culmination of all that. My entire background, as well as it intersecting with our uh, desire to start families. And what you do when you start a family is you sort of open up the cabinets, you take a look at everything that you're using in your household, what you're going to be feeding them, and everything goes underneath the microscope. And for us, it was, hey, we're already eating healthy. There's, you know, organic fruit in our homes. But what was underneath the sink? What was in the medicine cabinet? What was... Uh, being used to sort of clean the floors. And it kind of dawned upon us that there was, you know, this market that had been growing, you know, seven generation is one of the sort of the early adopters there um, in the space or early leaders rather. And the, what we saw was the opportunity to build a brand, uh, build products that were really, really good. And when I say really good, I mean, in terms of efficacy, you know, even the the greenest of green consumer the products have to work. And as you mentioned, kind of in the intro, they have to be safe. And what does that mean? And for us, it's just very simplistic, right? They shouldn't, they shouldn't kill you, right? If, if they are consumed, there shouldn't be any sort of chronic or, or critical life endangering um, scenarios. So it's like, how do you prove that? So anyway, we, we came up with the idea and then we wanted to launch the products um, in a way that was different just because we didn't have any sort of retail or brick and mortar experience. And we saw the, the sort of growth of Amazon at the time. It was still very early on. It was actually before there were any ads on Amazon. Um, but we saw that the fulfillment by Amazon network allowed us to get these products to consumers in a really effective manner quickly, um, cost effectively. And we went that route. So we hired a couple of SC Johnson chemists to help us create our first four products. And it was pretty fun. Uh, we, we created these products. I would test them in my home, uh, you know, send them out to friends and family, just very sort of grassroots style uh, R&D in the beginning. And in terms of going back to the safety, um, I actually ended up drinking the products before we ended up selling our first product um, to a consumer. So that was a hand soap, dish soap, laundry detergent, and surface cleaner. Um, you know, they don't taste good, but aside from that, that's about it, right? You might have a little upset stomach, but it was one of those things where we knew that if, you know, kids get hold of all sorts of chemicals all the time, right? And, and usually it's not out of, um, uh, you know, kind of carelessness. It's just, you turn your back for a second, your toddler's, you know, in the cabinet that you just opened. So for us, we wanted to sort of give that peace of mind. And then on the flip side of that, uh, we wanted the products to just be superstars, because we knew that as a small brand with no outside funding, we simply just did not have the ability to get a second chance. It's either you are going to impress that customer in that first use of the product or you're out. You know, they'll go back to what they've been using. These are categories that are highly competitive. You know, you take a category like laundry, it's incredibly loyal. Typically with laundry, it's something where you use the products and the methods that you were taught by your primary caregiver. Um, and that's just the way it works. And there are only, you know, two or three times in your life where you even evaluate a new laundry detergent or laundry products. And one of those is when you're having a child. Um, so for us, you know, we looked at these as like great opportunities, but also just a lot of, uh, a, a lot, 
lying on them. So we really focus on reputation and online reputation via um, product reviews and and company reviews. And uh, so anyway, we we built the company on Amazon. Uh, we started with household cleaners. About two years in, we uh, then branched out into personal care products and baby care products. Those are our three main categories now. And if you look at our top five best-selling products, we encapsulate all three categories. So we have, you know, hero products for each of those three categories. And uh, since we've grown, we've grown pretty substantially um, as a private company. And then we uh, ended up launching into Target in early 2019. And we've been in three categories at Target since 2019 and, and continue to grow there. And we'll add on a couple more retailers uh, next year. What would you say is like, um, the, the best way that you, are, you attracted those uh, ideal customers? Because you, you said that they are pretty loyal. Do you do like a lot of education to get them to educate on why they need to use those uh, safer ingredients? I think education is an important aspect of it, such as we only use essential oils and natural botanical extracts and natural isolates for our fragrances. Um, so effectively all from natural sources, no perfume. And so like there's and people are like, well, why does that matter? Right. And then, then you kind of go into that piece uh, because most of our competitors uh, will use perfume. Is this cheaper? Um, so we'll kind of talk about that. But I think also there's a, a there's a relatability um, and an inclusion standpoint where people say, hey, does this product speak to me? Do I like the way it looks? Uh, do I trust it? Right? Do, do I think that the reviews on it are, are accurate? So it's really all-encompassing, but I think what we focused on a lot was, um, has been rather, the ingredients as, as first and foremost, and then how that translates to product benefits. Um, and then really uh, taking in all of the customer feedback and using it as a data source. And it's a primary data source. It's basically our customer base has become this ongoing R&D machine. So it's basically part of our flywheel. We sell products, we request feedback, we take the feedback, we take statistically significant uh, data points, and we use them to make product improvements, changes, new products, new scents, whatever it might be, but we use it. And then people come back and they're like, whoa, you listened. You know, there's like, there's this new hand soap scent or there's, you know, so the, the best example I think I can give on that one and really kind of serving the customer best is we've had these large half gallon, 64 ounce refill pouches for a little over five years now. And they were birthed out of, hey, we got this feedback on, we love your hand soap. We'd love to see a refill. Cool. So we came out with a refill bottle. And then people were like, hey, it's great. I'm able to save a little bit of money on a per ounce basis, but like, what's with all the plastic? Why don't you do something different? So we looked at the refill pouch landscape and realized that nothing was there in terms of what we wanted. So we created something big. And really what you kind of see is that it saves over 90% in plastic packaging waste um, and, and energy to, to produce that versus the equivalent in bottles. And what we did was we passed on a lot of that savings um, to the customer because it's a much easier product to produce, uh, much, you know, much more cost effective for us. And we just passed it on to the customer. So you're basically fueling um, this sort of like lower carbon footprint, lower plastic footprint by people shopping with their wallets. And what happened was less than two years after we launched that, 
that refill overtook the bottles in terms of dollar sales. And now we have those refills available across over 80% of our product line. Um, we've saved over 300 tons of plastic packaging waste from hitting uh, the environment by people opting for these refill pouches. And they've just become sort of a, a highly desirable uh, product to have in their house. It creates loyalty for the brands. Obviously, it's good for consumers' wallets as well as for the environment and the plastic consumption. So that's just something that uh, one example that's sort of birthed out of just people sharing their feedback and and sharing recommendations with us. You know, effectively, it's like we're listening. Uh, it's a way that we can be different than our much larger competitors because they traditionally compete online, excuse me, in stores versus us online. And then obviously, as you know, with online, you just have a, a much better um, relationship with your customer. Yeah, exactly. I love what you mentioned there because listening, I, I believe listening to the customers is super important. So how exactly do you do that? Like, do, do they just give you the feedback or do you like uh, go out there to survey them or what, what do you do? Great, great question. So originally it started off as we would just send follow-up emails and say, hey, here's a couple of product tips. Also, what do you think about the product? Um, and then it expanded into what do you think about the product? If you like it, you know, would you consider you know, posting a review um, so others can kind of hear your experience with it. The goods, the bads, the uglies, you know, just really your use case. And it's really just about what is your lifestyle? You kind of look at these things and I talked about sort of the relatability of it. And everybody has a different use for a laundry stain remover, let's say, right? Some people say, I need it because I work in a corporate, uh, you know, I work in a large corporation. I have to wear collared shirts and like around the collar gets a lot of, um, you know, dead skin and, and, you know, discoloration as well as the underarms. And some may say, that doesn't matter to me. I have two toddlers. I have twin toddlers and all they do is create messes and they have tons of messes. So, you know, I think the, the relatability through um, other voices, you know, other people is really helpful for people to see and to, to validate a product. Um, but, uh, you know, beyond that, what we've started to do is we've started to actually build out focus groups with customers, you know, people who take the time to uh, write a very long email or review or just uh, proactive feedback to us. And we sort of put them into a focus group around new product development. So we have a few of those groups um, with a few dozen people in each group, which has you know, become something that's, you know, they become effectively testers for us, part of our R&D team. Uh, we also do, you know, surveying through SurveyMonkey. We'll contact our customers based upon, hey, what do you think about this new packaging design or which product should we come out with next? And we find that people really like to be involved in, in decisions like that. You know, you kind of make them quick and simple and fun and then... A couple months later, they get, get to see if their selection wins. So, um, you know, it's evolved over time, but a lot of it is through efforts via um, email, through social. Um, and then, you know, with the product groups, it's it's very sort of interactive, you know, with phone and email. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. Like, we have to, like, email is very powerful, especially to get feedback. And, and yeah, so I really love that, uh, that advice that you that you mentioned there. So I'm just wondering, like, what does your day-to-day -day, uh, look like right now? The day-to-day -day, uh, changes often. <laughs> you know, we are operating with, uh, you know, sort of our North Star as our, our business plan, uh, sort of right next to our mission. 
So making sure that those are aligned, uh, making sure that we're on target. And then that breaks down to taking a look at, you know, which products are our winners, our heroes doing well. Can we build upon? Can we utilize as benchmarks for others that are maybe newer to the market and, and need growth? Um, and then analyzing each of the revenue streams uh, that we have, which has grown. But, you know, my day-to-day has become more, um, you know, more about sort of putting the right people in place uh, and, and motivating the right people in place uh, to be able to succeed. So we have a head of brick and mortar and retail sales now. We have a head of uh, digital commerce now. So, you know, really helping them sort of um, align with the vision of the company and the product mix and making sure that we're, you know, we continue to stay very competitive and just ahead of sort of the curve of where our competitive landscape is. It's become much more difficult, you know, through COVID where there's been a lot of um, focus on our, our, our industry, you know, the cleaning industry, the, the soap industry, and, and competition. So, you know, it's for us, it's about staying true to our customers, but also looking at, looking at our products in a different lens in terms of, you know, not just the safety, not just the efficacy, but, you know, what's the carbon footprint? Does it need to have so much water in it? You know, is there a way to sort of reduce that? So, you know, having a real keen eye on innovation is something that I think about every single day and then how it relates back to the customer. You know, are we, are we presenting ourselves as an approachable company that is something where people say, yeah, that's, that's how my life looks. You know, it's not all sort of cookie cutter and everything is super clean. I mean, even myself, I love to clean and I, I like to have a, a clean home, but uh, before the children go to bed, you know, that end of the day stuff, um, how's the mess? It's just, you know, that's just the reality of it. So we're all human here and we're trying to sort of allow people to see that. So, um, all that stuff is sort of top of mind for me um, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, yeah. So talking about this thing you mentioned about the North Star. So what would you say is like your your vision for PureC, let's say in the next 12 to 24 months? So where we're aiming right now is taking our product line, optimizing it in terms of uh, size offerings and uh really optimizing the production side of things. You know, we've grown quickly and we've done really well with, you know, contract manufacturing and such. But as we start to kind of grow to this new tier, um, there's a strong emphasis on making sure that our product sizing and pricing is really optimized for the marketplace so that people don't feel like, hmm, I get it on a per ounce basis, but that's just a lot of money to spend on laundry detergent, for instance, right? In a single purchase. So really optimizing around uh, the regular shopping frequency and whatever that looks like from a digital standpoint. And then, you know, really looking at automation from a production standpoint in order to help with costs and reliability and product quality. Um, A little bit further out, so closer to that, you know, 24 months, you know, just taking a look deeper into you know, reducing or eliminating water content, uh, taking a look at, you know, different packaging materials, um, taking a look at reducing and eliminating uh, what has become effectively single-use plastic, um, where people buy a bottle of hand soap and they just keep buying bottles of hand soap, right? And you want to sort of eliminate that. Um, so, you know, we're, we're taking a look at uh, taking a pretty bold stance on on actually eliminating that. But again, like I said, with the refill pouches, there has to be a 
some finesse. You know, you have to use some data to kind of support that. And if you just sort of take them away and only have refills, then we're like, when am I going to put it in? So there, there's a transition period. There's also something where you want somebody to desire something else more. Um, and typically that's done either with design um, or with price. So we're taking a look at those two elements um, to kind of help fuel, because obviously hand soap has to be dispensed through a bottle. Like um, while we think about different ways to, to get hand soap to people, such as like dissolvable sheets and things like that, the reality is that it's something so ingrained in how you use it right now. Um, it's going to be really difficult to shift somebody's mindset into, you know, maybe taking a tablet every time they need to wash their hands and, you know, getting their hands wet and the tablet wet and having the tablet dissolve down to some sort of foamy mixture, but really kind of thinking through that and then getting that, um, that single use plastic, uh, mostly out of our supply chain. Um, and I think that's going to allow those few things are going to allow us to continue to be uh, effective, um, and, and offer products that, um, people love, but they just get them with less, um, environmental impact. Yeah, I have a kind of a weird question here. So let's say that if you have a magic wand and you have like an, let's say you have an unlimited budget, what is the one thing that you would change so that uh, more people would buy the environmentally friendly products like yours? I think what we would do with a, a much larger budget and resources is m move much faster towards uh, our longer term vision you know, which is, is towards, uh, you know, spending the time and resources on eliminating dish soap bottles, hand soap bottles, you know, creating something where people's homes have a permanent fixture in terms of the bottle in it. And the bottle just gets refilled with maybe the same product. Maybe you use it for something else, you know, having something where people are, um, sort of proud and like to look at the bottle on their counter, um, and are opting for either a refill pouch or a sort of a local option to be able to go and refill their products. You know, there's some, uh, there's some growth in the sort of uh, bulk refill uh, stores where you sort of ride your bike or take a scooter or walk and you take empty bottles and then you go and sort of fill up your dish soap or your laundry detergent and then you weigh it and then you leave. Um, there's over a hundred of them in, in the U.S., and, and they're growing, right? So sort of thinking through that. Um, I think all that just gets accelerated with um, a magic wand. And then, you know, the other piece of it is really, you know, that water reduction or elimination. Um, and then spending time on educating why that's important and then adopting and then having people really realize like, okay, is it as easy or it is as easy as me just sort of buying this product, you know, whether it's a uh, you know, like a little packet of powder, dumping it in my bottle, filling it up in my kitchen sink, shaking it a couple times, and I'm ready to use it versus just buying something and it's ready to use. I mean, spending an extra 10 seconds, you know, and reducing just shipping water around the country or around the world. Um, so that's something where there's a, a big chemistry aspect to it and something where there is a, um, an importance around the experience, you know, and not straying too far from it because if it's too difficult if it takes three steps you got to use this temperature water it has to wait for three minutes then it becomes a science experiment you know people want easy they want quick you know these are fast-paced lifestyles and then really taking that and then um sort of presenting it in a way 
in, in social media that feels very approachable um, and feels as though everybody's doing it. This is great. You know, you don't have to be sort of at the cutting edge of, of uh, you know, the green movement and, and organic movement. Um, you know, this is for everyday lifestyles. This is for whatever your world may look like. Um, you could you could see a benefit from these products. So I think the magic wand sort of accelerates that that vision. Mm, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So, uh, Sean, for people who want to learn more about Puracy or they want to buy uh, cleaning products or personal care products that is both good for them and also the environment, uh, how do they do that? So, Puracy.com is the nucleus of our brand. It is packed with rich content on not only our products, but our ingredients, where we buy all of our ingredients and our components, um, which is all U.S.-based. And... You know, we manufacture everything, um, our definitions about what natural means to us, since there's no natural definition. Uh, but PRC.com is a nucleus in which you can find out all the information, as well as buy every single one of our products. That is the most complete catalog that we do have. Um, Amazon is obviously one where people mostly find us. We have most of our catalog there. And then uh, select Target stores nationwide. Yeah, excellent. I guess that's a good place to wrap this up. Uh, just before we do that, Sean, is there anything that final, any final takeaways or anything that you'd like to share that I didn't ask? I think that it's really important to have consumers educate themselves. You know, um, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Uh, be scrutinizing, right? Ask questions. Uh, we get asked a lot of questions and some like we pull in our experts. We have doctors that we consult with that, you know, have to answer some of the questions, but, you know, be scrutinizing because you don't know what you can believe. Um, and then I think in terms of, from a business standpoint, I think you just need to always be thinking about how as a smaller brand or a startup, you can really carve your path and be different um, and realize that, your larger competitors are always going to have a bigger budget than you. So for us, it's been about that relationship. It's been about, you know, taking that relationship a step further. You make product improvements and then get back in touch with those people who asked you to set, to uh, create a different, select a different pump for your hand soap because this one, uh, the spring is too, um, not, it doesn't have enough friction and therefore it's sort of like you press it down really fast and it actually like shoots all over your shirt. So then you create that, you find one that works and dispenses the product well, and then you contact that customer and send them a free product. And they're just like, wow, I didn't even think that you guys read that stuff, let alone made the change, came back to me, sent me the product, and the product actually works. Like I, Then they feel like their voice alone made that change for the entire hand soap line. Um, that's an actual example. And I think taking those additional steps shows that there are people behind this company, they care, you can get in contact with them, they listen, they're gonna make changes. So really taking that element and then really, you know, um, continuing to focus on your, your core products in which people love and are loyal to, and then using them to, to bring in other customers. Um, your, your current customers are going to be your biggest fans. They're also gonna be your biggest drivers of new customers. You know, the, the most loyal customers are going to tell their friends or if their friends or family are over and they see the product, they're like, you have to try this stain remover from Curacy. It is amazing. And I think that's kind of my last piece is that 
that particular product is our hero product. Um, our laundry stain remover is by far and away our best product. It is the best product on the market uh, because it's a binary experience. It either works or it doesn't work. So this one works. It uses all six enzymes, which are there are only six enzymes that exist. It's the only one that uses all six. It's a very, very difficult product to um, to create from a chemistry standpoint, to have it be stable on shelf. Um, but it's the only one you'll need. And it uses plant-based enzymes, plant-based surfactants. It works incredibly well um, to the point where people would use it. And then they would go back to their closet and grab a shirt that they haven't worn in four years because they got the stain on it and they haven't been able to get it out. And they tried to wash it six different times. And they're like, they try our stain remover on it and it works even after all these years. And uh, what that does really is it creates this product where people are so passionate about it. All they do is tell other people about it. And it creates this sort of like halo around the brand of like, hey, yeah, it's a natural brand, but have you tried this stain remover? Like it beats every other stain remover out there and I can use it on any type of clothing and it won't damage it. So, you know, that's one where we sort of have hung our hat on. We've over-engineered it um, for the reason that we know that when people use it, it's going to have a, you know, 99 plus percent satisfaction rate and, uh, and build a long-term customer. So I'd say if you try any product from us, start with the stain remover. Awesome. Yeah. So make sure to go get a stain remover. And thank you so much for being here, Sean. Thanks, Vincent.